Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory forever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. As we stand here on this day, we stand between two major feasts. The feast, of course, of the Nativity that we ended on Sunday with the leave-taking. And we are now in the three feasts of the Feast of Theophany. You can hear in the hymnody this evening where the hymns are bouncing back and forth, talking about the nativity and then talking about theophany. Uh, and in one hymn, it will go back and forth multiple times. There is a reason why these uh, feasts are so tightly, uh, not even just numerically together, but also theologically uh, and in celebration of the church, the hymnography, because in the first a uh, few centuries of the church, these feasts were actually celebrated together. We're very used to Christmas as kind of a stand-alone thing, but many of the uh, festivities around Christmas that we celebrate were uh, very late additions to things. Uh, most of early America would not have put up a Christmas tree, for example. Uh, that comes later. Uh, but in the early church, the Feast of Theophany and Christmas were celebrated together. And it is in separating them, I think it was in the 4th century or so, when we started seeing homilies about uh, the Feast of the Nativity, uh, that we now have two major feasts. And they are feasts of light and revelation. It's a theme that is threaded through both of the feasts. And colloquially, we also have Father Thomas Hopkins has uh, a great book uh, that is uh, called Winter Pascha, because it is in preparation for... Uh, the Feast of the Nativity, but also for the Feast of Theophany. That we have, you can hear the themes in the Feast of the Nativity. We have, it's in the icon itself, it's baked into, and even our hymnody, some of the melodies echo Holy Week. <clears throat> and we have uh, our Lord being born into a cavern. And in the icon, he's being born into the depths of darkness, uh, that we have in the Feast of Theophany, uh, we have in many icons of Theophany, as we'll see as we put out at the Feast of Theophany, we have our Lord's uh, entering into the chaos of the waters, a theme that we know from the very beginning of Scripture in Genesis, that we hear throughout the Psalms, uh, and that it is into that chaos and all that works there that we hear at every baptismal service. Uh, to kill the dragons that lurk uh, in the waters, again, drawing from the Psalms and the prophecy of Isaiah, that we have in this great period of light and revelation, uh, that this is the light coming into the darkness. We have a nice commemoration also of the 70 uh, apostles, those whom our Lord appointed. We're very familiar with the 12, of course, but then there is a 70 who are sent to, out two by two. And throughout the year, if you read, uh, look at the Synaxarian, just the intro.oc.org, uh, all of the 70 uh, are commemorated throughout the year, but it is this particular uh, that we begin this evening, the celebration of all the 70, as they themselves went out into the world to spread the gospel, to spread the light and the revelation that we have in Jesus Christ. There is in the season, of course, all the festivities, and it's something that the fathers, you can read about. Uh, it's a theme through many of the fathers' uh, festival homilies, 
where there is always a, a word of sobriety because it's very easy. I think we feel this especially around uh, Pascha because we have gone through the Lenten struggle, which is a much stricter fast, um, where services, uh, the season just prepares one for this. But throughout all, the fathers always talk about a kind of sobriety because it's very easy in the celebration of these feasts to just kind of lose ourselves into, I'll say the word carnality, that has a lot more baggage than I want it to have, but the use of scripture just just fleshly celebration as opposed to a spiritual celebration of the feasts. This is why in the church uh, we have the, the services that we have, that we have the focus on prayer, that we see repentance as not just a kind of light bulb experience, but as something that we talk about being worked out to talk in the language of Paul that we work out our salvation in fear and trembling. And it's especially this season for us to, in prayer, bring the light, to bring Christ into those little places of darkness that are within us, or to bring Christ into and have his light shine into the chaos and the tumultuousness that can be within us. That when we can actually behold ourselves, that we can see ourselves, but also see how Christ sees us and have Christ enter into that. Uh, to not, uh, part of the challenge, the way the church talks about that fleeing into the carnality or just into the flesh or just into um, our belly, let's just use that as a catch-all term for things, uh, that we actually can celebrate and that we can actually have a celebration that is around the reality of Jesus Christ and the light and the life and the peace that he offers to us. That in the midst of Herod and all of his murder that we heard about on Sunday, uh, to the dragons and all of the stuff that lurk within the chaos of the waters, and it's Christ himself who comes and brings peace, light, and life. So let us rejoice in this time of light by ourselves, bathing as much as possible inwardly in the light that Christ has given to us, that he has given us hope uh, in him, not in ourselves, but in him. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat>